<laughs> Welcome back to our Weird History mini-sode, where we seek to bring you tales of the strange and unusual throughout history. What are we talking about, Melissa? I need to know. <laughs> I never know until the day we record. And I'm like, what is it? What is it? What is it? Well, let me, let me, st- <laughs> I love this one so much. Let me start off with uh, uh, three choices and see which one you choose. So according to my research, there have been three wars that have been titled pig wars throughout history. <laughs> Look on your face, says all. <laughs> uh-huh. So the first pig war was in 1555 to 1558 which was apparently a feud between the Bishop of Messine, which I think might be in Germany, maybe, and the family of his predecessor. The second was in 1859, was a bloodless war on San Juan Island, Washington State, here in the U.S. And the number three was 1906 to 1908, which was a trade war between Austria-Hungarian and the Serbian uh, the Austria-Hungarian Empire in Serbia. Of those three, which one do you think we're covering today? Serbia. You want to talk about a trade war? Why not? I got it's better. Weird history. You talk about anything and everything. I'm surprised you didn't want me to talk about the one with the bishop and his family. Well, I mean, you could totally do that. You know, Borgia style. <laughs> 1550s that but close enough no no Borgia style ah, style gotcha. is what I said yeah we're going to talk about the 1859 bloodless war between the Brits and the Americans on San Juan Island in Washington state the only death in this war was a pig yes it's called the pig war hence why it's called the pig war oh lord help us all. it also goes by the okay so the pig war the Great Pig War, and the Pig and Potato War. I wish Casey were here for this one. She'd have so much fun. <laughs> Hi, Casey. <laughs> we miss you, Casey. <laughs> so to start off, we'll have a map picture up when we post this episode. So you can see. So the San Juan Islands are a small group of islands, which currently sit off of Puget Sound, or between Puget Sound, Washington State, and Victoria, British Columbia. And there's two channels on either side. And so technically it's like on the border, literally between US and Canada. So, and apparently, oh, sorry. So apparently this area prior to European and American involvement, the natives had used this land for many, 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 many years because of the water and the temperatures and the resources and the, the trades. You've got lots of rivers in the area as well. It's a very abundant, very well-resourced area. So of course, the Europeans and the Americans went in. So during the 17 and early 1800s, we had Spain, America, and Britain all having claims and Russia and uh, had claims in this area because so as I, okay, so specifically between Bellingham, Washington and Victoria, British Columbia. By 1818, Russia and Spain had given up their claim on the area, leaving uh, the squabble essentially between America and Great Britain and which the two of them had signed the Oregon Treaty in 1818. 
So the Oregon Territory at the time when the treaty was signed was a very large block of land that involved Washington State, Oregon, parts of Montana, Idaho, Wyoming, and I think Iowa. And there was a big fight, obviously, between whether Canada or the British Columbia gets some of those lands or America gets them those lands or where to draw the divide. So in 1818, they reached a treaty, which was the Oregon Treaty, and I'll get into that in a minute. So on the island, so in the San Juan Islands, as they're called, one of the islands specifically is actually called San Juan Islands because originally it was settled, European-wise was settled by Spain. So a lot of these names are going to be in Spanish, and they've just stayed that way. So on the island, the British settled on the north end, and America settled on the south end. And for a very long time, there would be a dispute as to who gets the island and where the divide is going to be. Various small land disputes on San Juan Island specifically would happen from time to time, mostly because Americans thought that the English were encroaching on their manifest destiny, which was a thing at the time that Americans thought that all land was their land and they had the right to take it, just so not true. And then the British thought that they had a right to claim the area due to stipulations from previous treaties that they made with other countries. In 1845, the Hudson Bay Company, which is still around to this day, had set up farming sheep, pigs, and salmon trading on the island. The sheep trading actually became incredibly lucrative at this time. In its first six years, it grew from 1,369 sheep on the island to 4,500 sheep on the island, nearly trip or more than tripled in six years. That's a lot of sheep, and these islands aren't that big. Back. <laughs> so gold was actually struck in the general area between British Columbia and Puget Sound in the 1850s, because you've got gold rush coming in 1849 in California and such. And by 1853, America claimed parts of these islands as their own as part of the newly formed Washington Territory, which was cut out as a portion from the original Oregon uh, Treaty Territory. So by this time, Oregon Territory went from a very large tract of land to being having lines drawn to separate out to different states. So by this time, Washington Territory had now been drawn to its own state or territory as it was at the moment. And eventually, the two nations actually came to an agreement. In June of 1846, the Treaty of Oregon was signed, as I mentioned. Okay, two Oregons in treaty. Okay, so they signed. So June of 1846, the Treaty of Oregon was signed, which uh, was signed in London. And it gave America all the lands below the 49th parallel. And in the treaty, it stipulates this includes to the middle of the channel, which separates the continent from Vancouver's island. The 49th parallel is still where we have everything. That border between Canada and British Columbia and the U.S., the northern U.S. border, is the 49th parallel. Now, where it's specifically stated, to the middle of the channel, which separates the continent from Vancouver Island, is not very specific because there's two channels that run on either side of these group of islands. So it doesn't, it's very vague. And then it also continues then through the south of the Strait of Juan de Fuca and west to the Pacific Ocean. Again, vague. So wording of the treaty 
particularly, as I said, in regards to the channel, gave rise to another dispute. Which of these channels, the Haro straight to the left or the Rosario straight to the right? And while this was going on politically on the islands, tempers were starting to flare between the British and the Americans because the Americans were now encroaching on what the British thought were their right to claim the island. By 1859, 25 Americans had settled on the island on land that was claimed by the Hudson Bay Company. So they had arrived in where, so said gold had been found in, in the area about a couple years before. So they arrived in the area. And in 1858, some of them even stayed in the area rather than going to stake a claim elsewhere. So they're starting to naturally now to settle on the island rather than just coming in for the gold. And they just sort of went there and ended up settling there. The British took these Americans to be squatters and said that they were illegally on their land, while the, U the Americans wanted the U.S. government to recognize that their settlements were actually valid. And at one point, the Americans even tried to collect U.S. taxes from the Hudson Bay Company. And when that didn't work, they just stole 34 of their rams as payment for taxes. All of this came to a head on June 15th, 1859. A pig from the Hudson Bay Company, from one farmer's land, had wandered over to the American side and was found grazing in a garden of a man named Lyman Cutler, who apparently had issues with this pig before, so he shot and killed it. Presumably also ate it, but we don't know. Shot and killed the pig, and now it came back to life? Nope. 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 Even more stupid than that. This is a very stupid war. It's very strange and weird, but very stupid war. So when its owner, Charles Griffin, asked Cutler why he killed a pig, he said, to keep your pig out of my potatoes. To which Griffin, the British, or the Brit, I guess it is, replied, rubbish. It's up to you to keep your potatoes out of my pig. Actually, I take that back. I think Griffin was Irish. He was just part of the Hudson Bay Company. So and initially, Cutler, the American, offered to pay Griffin $10 for the pig, which in today's money equals to about $300 as compensation for the pig. Griffin replied that that was my prize breeding pig. He's worth much more than $10. I demand 100 which would equal to $3,000 today, roughly. Cutler refused to pay more than $10 and then walked away. And from there, things escalated quickly. Having heard about the dispute, the British authorities tried to have Cutler arrested as well as other Americans on the island because they were already trying to get them off the island. And when word got around to the other Americans on the island, they all banded together to fight, to fight off the British and even called for help from the U.S. military over a pig. Brigadier General William Harney, who was also anti-British, ordered the Company D 9th U.S. Infantry to base themselves on San Juan Island. They were led by none other than Captain George Pickett of Pickett's Charge, Gettysburg, who would become known for that later. Pickett arrived with 64 men on San Juan Island on June 27th. So about 15 days later, the British governor of San Juan Island, James Douglas, sent Captain Jeffrey Hornby of the Navy to take his 31-gun frigate, the HMS Tribune, to dispel Pickett and his men from the island with one condition. Do not fire the first shot. 
Not long after arriving on the island, the Tribune was also joined by the HMS Satellite and the HMS Plumper, which is a funny name for a ship, let alone a warship. All in all, we have three warships, more than 60 guns, 46 Royal Marines, 15 Royal Engineers were all deployed, up to estimated 2,140 men in total over a pig. So Pickett refused to leave the island, which is very standard for George Pickett, claiming we'll make a Bunker Hill out of it. And for those who are not familiar with U.S. history, Bunker Hill was a skirmish, a battle, really, more of a battle of Bunker Hill, was a battle during the Revolutionary War during the winter of, I think, 74, 75, 1774, 1775. And this was also with George Washington, too. It was a, not a good battle. Pickett continued to stand his ground and actually wrote back to Harney that he wanted more backup. Hornby, the British, stood by his actions of not firing first and waited for Rear Admiral Lambert Baines to arrive to, before, uh, for him to issue any other further orders. When Baines arrived, he assessed the situation and told Governor Douglas, I will not involve two great nations in a war over a squabble about a pig because why would you you're like this is very stupid it was a pig and we're about to go into international war over the death of a pig no not doing that stupid are you laughing i can't hear you <laughs> it's my crying laugh i like i can't breathe <laughs> oh i'm not done yet i'm not even able to get in air because it's so dumb <laughs> it gets worse it gets so much worse no. I, i'm sorry not so much worse it gets so much more stupid continuing throughout july and into august of 1859 both countries military presence just sat there you've got british on their warships blocking the american south uh the, the southern end of the island on one side and you've got pickett and his men defending the american southern portion of the island so they're sort of on either opposite ends of the southern point on august 10th pickett was reinforced with 171 men led by lieutenant colonel silas casey once casey settled in the area he decided to try to create a parlay with admiral baines however admiral baines actually refused to leave his ship which was the 84 gun hms ganges the big warship it's a lot of guns Upon seeing the size of the ships and the firepower of the British Navy, which is definitely something you don't want to fight anyway, Casey went back to his American camp and asked the government for even more men. Because essentially, per men and firepower, the British had more three to one. So the Americans likely weren't going to win by firepower, at least, uh, with the amount of size that they had. By the end of August, you had 461 Americans stationed on this small island of San Juan, along with 14 field guns and eight 32 pound cannons. So again, you've got three, four massive warships, the Royal Navy, merchant Marines to a couple infantry units and field cannons, not a lot. But again, one stipulation between both sides, do not be the first to fire. So while waiting for orders of any kind, both sides just waited and waited and waited. And interestingly enough, 
while they were waiting for the other side to fire first or to hear from their superiors whether or not they should fire first, the British conducted fire drills by shooting shots into the buffs at Griffith Bay. Each side actually would join together for Sunday services aboard the HMS satellite, share whiskeys and cigars in the home of Charles Griffin, the owner of the dead pig, and apparently even tourists from Victoria, British Columbia would come down and see the goings on of this potential international war. Not probably not too unlike the, the people having picnics at the beginning of the Civil War at the Battle of Bull Run in Manassas, Virginia. People just sit there and having a picnics watching people fight and kill each other. One of the most interesting things I found out about this pig war is that the heads of both of the countries, both the president of the US and the prime minister of England, were completely unaware of this potential international war brewing on this very small island off the coast of Victoria and Washington State. And if Wait. war did break out... You're telling me that the leaders of the two countries who war might have broken out over this stupid reason of a pig, which is... <laughs> stupid. Yeah. Did not even know that a war was brewing... Well, it's not really uncommon for the heads of the countries to know every single military happening. But it's an international war. It hadn't started yet. Yeah, but it's on the brink. Like, what the, what the freak frack? Freak frack? It had, I mean, it, it was on the completely opposite. It was, for, for America, it was 3,000 miles away from the capital. It was probably a good 15,000 miles away minimum from London the weirdest war in <laughs> it is war probably the strangest at least in american history it certainly is probably the strangest war in american history because i've never heard of it you think if america and england had gone to war over this pig it would be the third war against the two countries in less than a hundred years and now they're our friends as soon as president james buchanan heard of the incident he sent general winfield scott to try to calm both sides winfield scott had been used as he was an incredibly good uh, negotiator and had been around for the signing of several treaties between disputes between canada british columbia and some of the u.s territories uh, around the 49th parallel before so being a master negotiator which that would be why james buchanan sent uh, George uh, General Winfield Scott over there so when he got there six weeks later because he decided to sail over there although mind you it probably would take him just about much time to sail over there through the Panama or the Isthmus of Panama I think it was at the time um, rather than a road trip across country I think it still would have taken about the same amount of time six weeks later you send your negotiator he finally arrives it, it, it's a big country it's very wide so when Scott finally arrived, both sides agreed to leave a very small contingency of only 100 men each on the island, and both sides said that they would have a joint custody of the island until a finalized agreement could be reached as to where the Channel Divide would nationally and internationally be. And again, the, we have a British camp in the north, the American camp in the south. Okay, this technically started in 1846 when people started sort of settling on the island, right? So 1859 is when the pig incident started. The negotiation, would you like to take a guess as to how long it continued for? 
Oh, a couple of years at least. Sure. You just want to go two years? Four. Nope. What? Twelve. Jesus Christ! <laughs> it's a freaking pig! That's what you for 12 years? Uh-huh. Bust! Uh-huh. Something wrong with these people. Something wrong with these people. Okay, for more or less, prior to this incident, there were some small disputes about land claims, but for the most part, the British and the Americans, up until 1859, more or less got along until a pig died because he was grazing on somebody else's potatoes. And then negotiations took another 12 years to settle. But how it got settled, also weird. It's, it's a twist I never saw coming when I was learning about this. All right, you ready? No, you're not. <laughs> so before I get into how it was fixed, as I mentioned prior to 1859, the British and the Americans lived more or less pretty amicably on the island during these 12 years incidents because you still have a contingency of 100 men on each side from their military and navy. They still got along. The Americans invited the British over onto their side of the island to celebrate 4th of July. The British invited Americans to their side of the island to celebrate Victoria's birthday, various things like that. In 1871, America and Great Britain signed what would be known as the Treaty of Washington, which would give Washington state to the Americans. But the question of the Channel Divide still obviously loomed. And it was agreed upon by the two countries that this would continue unless we have an unbiased international arbitration. So we need someone from outside our country who has no knowledge of what's going on to settle this dispute for us. Would you like to know which head of which European country took over that role? Uh, France? Nope. Germany? Kaiser Wilhelm I. Yeah, I didn't see that one coming. <laughs> Uh-huh. I, I guess if you're looking for unbiased, you don't, you involve the Germans and a British-American international battle. Um, mm. <laughs> so Kaiser Wilhelm commissioned a three-person team to meet up with him and discuss the matter. And this would be the Kaiser himself, the American representative, George Bancroft, and the British representative, Admiral James Provost. And they met in Geneva and discuss the matters for another year because international politics. The interesting thing about the outcome of this is that George Bancroft had been in Germany off and on during his political career and had met with Kaiser Wilhelm more than once. So he was a familiar face. James Prevost had not. So the Americans had a leg up on that. Finally, on October 21st, 1872, it was finally designed, decided, although you went for an unbiased arbitration, you're not really getting one if you have one side who knows who the Kaiser is and has met him a few times, that the divide would be going down the Haro Strait, which was on the left of the channels, as it was also the larger channel and was better for shipping, and San Juan Island and everything to the right of the Haro Channel would be given to the U.S., 
on November 25th, 1872, so just about a month later, the Royal Marines finally left the island to go back to Victoria, I suppose. And the American troops would stay on the island until July of 1874 for another two years to a year and a half. So that's another, that's, yeah, I don't know. This is one of the few wars that I can think of off the top of my head without any human casualty that was fought without ever firing a shot or injuring another human outside the one shot that killed the pig. The pig was the only casualty and there was not a shot taken in the heat or act of war. Pretty interesting. The really interesting theoretical part of all of this, aside from, it, of course, being very stupid. <laughs> so, hold on once before I get into that. So again, as I said, a bloodless war, no military fighting against the other military, no human casualties, the only casualty being a single pig with the result of a 12-year-long standoff between the U.S. military and the British Navy. And had it not been the leadership on both sides, realizing how stupid the reason would be to go to war over a pig, it is really unsure how history may have changed because of this. That's the interesting theoretical part. So the Civil War was just a year away when the pig was killed in 1859 because the Civil War started the year after. And initially, the British were up to backing the South at the, uh, the origins of the Civil War. So the course of history and the U.S. in the Civil War and international lines and, and U.S. treaties and, and, and just the course of the U.S., let alone international history, could have changed dramatically over the death of a single pig. Because I can tell you for sure, Pickett wanted to kill people. <laughs> Pickett wanted to start firing on, on, the, on the Royal Navy, but his superiors told him he couldn't do that. You can go today to actually visit the areas in this story on San Juan Island National Park. You can even see in memorial of the event, the British flag, which is raised and lowered every day on the north end of the island at the British fort, which is still there. And apparently the flag and flagpole themselves were also both given to the park by the British government as a sign of friendship. There's also a plaque on the island to commemorate this. And if you like this story, I would also greatly check out the emu war in Australia. <laughs> oh my God, it's freaking hilarious. I love it. Of course it. you mentioned the emu war. Oh yeah, I got to talk about that for sure. Um, Didn't we already think... do an episode on it? We haven't done one on it, but we certainly can. We could totally do a weird episode on that. It's Hello. Australia. I'll talk about anything. Of course you will. Of course I will. But there's some really funny history videos. I think not oversimplified. Wait. Yes, I think oversimplified. It's oversimplified. Thank you. Um, they, have, they have one, uh, an animated emu war, and it's hilarious. Also, if this is starting to sound a little familiar, and you're somebody who grew up in the 90s, and you're going, this sounds like a Hey Arnold episode. You're right. Because it is. It's because it is. It's. It's not a straight up Hey Arnold episode. The, that, the, the pig war of, from, I think, season two of Hey Arnold is loosely based off of this story. 
season three, episode 16. I have a link in my notes that will lead you to actually watch the video um, in case you're watching it from the beginning and you go, where's the pig board? Hank Arnold has two smaller episodes fit into one half hour program. So the first half is a separate episode. If you want to just watch the portion about the pig war, just skip to about 15 minutes in and watch the latter half of the 30 minute episode. But it's worth watching because it's hilarious. And that would be the history of the second quote unquote pig war, the great pig war, the pig versus the potatoes war that nearly put Great Britain and the U.S. nearly changing history over the death of one pig. Dear Lord. All right. Had to cover it. Well, that'll do for this mini-sode of History <laughs> Explains It All. <laughs> and we hope to see you next week as we trek through history to <laughs> Explain, Explain It All. It all. Bye. Bye.